1: And this is Leah, co-founder of Bakesmart. Our canicals are the first edible safety designs for cannabis-infused foods. Anyone from your child to your grandmother will understand when a food is medicated, as long as it's marked with our edible green crosses. Hey, Leah, how are you today? Hey, Diana, I am really good. I'm still cracking up at what you said to me earlier. And I just want to share it with everybody because it was so freaking funny and so true. So I'm a very busty woman. I'm very busty.
2: I I wear a triple D bra.
1: And Diana said, Your personality is opposite of your bra size. You are a triple A personality type. Inappropriate. I'm just kidding. Totally inappropriate, but so freaking funny because it was so true I couldn't even deny it I'm like god you're right it's funny because
0: it's true
1: I'm a triple A A. (laughs)
0: it's a whole new personality type I'm gonna I'm gonna trademark that it is so uh usually well at least you did kick it off a little bit positive because (laughs) this episode is going to be a little different we're not going to start off with our favorite things um because there are some things that we need to talk about some elephants in the room so to speak um you know floating around people are there are a lot of discussions happening right now about the cannabis space and there is there is a um I don't want to say a school of thought or, or a group of people or whatever, however you want to say it. I think there is, a, is, there is a fear amongst people in this space who are so passionate about it that certain things can detract from our mission and our goal to make this a legitimate industry. And at the same time, we have to recognize these things and call them out and discuss them and make them a constant conversation in order to make it a legitimate industry and make it different from every everything else if that makes any sense
1: <laughs> definitely well i mean you've got to keep the conversation it's it's just kind of like um one of the topics we're going to talk about is the me too movement and but and just in general the me too movement that just really started in a big way two years mm-hmm. ago a lot of a lot of the reason is people didn't want to really talk about right. it right And if you don't talk about it, it's never going to get out there and it gets buried and that isn't healthy. So trying to have healthy conversations about these very unhealthy and uncomfortable topics.
0: right? Exactly, because they are a reality. I mean, it's they're going to happen and we just need to try our best to make this a different industry in our approach and how we handle these things, I think. Um, And so, you know, it's obviously we don't have all the answers like we're not saying that we do and uh, and we don't like talking about things without some sort of solution. So the only thing that we can do is um, we can offer some ideas and some takeaways or, or things like that, but we can also just have conversations. I mean, that's that's the very least everyone can do. I think we can just keep talking about this These uncomfortable things, you know, it's like people might say, oh, it's just been in the news a lot lately. So I just would rather talk about anything else. Well, that's exactly why these things don't become resolved. This is why things don't change, you know, because we say things like that because it's not sexy anymore, you know. I mean, you know all about that and I didn't mean to make it sound like you're not sexy. <laughs> 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 oh god. You know what I meant. But and I know about it as a as a journalist because you you have to have an angle that's going to catch people's attention and while it's something you really are passionate about and you're like I I'm I'm interested. Why wouldn't someone else be right? And you know that there are right. people out there that are interested, but it's the people that hold the money and the and the power and all of that. You have to kind of play with along with that sometimes, I guess you know. And I'm going off topic a bit, I think, but yeah, I'm just meaning like what we're saying is that the reason why people don't continue the conversations is because it's not either they've heard too much about it or because they don't find it. Okay. very interesting to them to their current situation or Are...
1: Or they don't, or they don't feel like they have any skin in the game. And I think, and so that kind of like, I want to segue into the kids. So a lot of times with edibles in the industry as a whole, doesn't feel like they have a lot of skin in the game for edibles. So if you're a concentrate, you know, um, person, or you're a grower, or you're this or that, or just, you know, just kind of as a whole, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the industry people are like, well, that's edibles. And that's separate, but what hurts edibles actually hurts the entire industry because edible manufacturers get their oil from the concentrate guys who get their, um, Trim and their flower from the growers. I mean, it is a domino effect, mm-hmm. and so when when there is a weakness in one of these sectors of this industry, we all have to take notice, and we all have to try and find a resolution to Absolutely. this. And you know, the same with with sexual harassment in the industry. Um, we don't want to bring that into this industry. You know, we we've, we've done so well so far, and now to have this start to come up as as a thing. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's been sexism in the industry. I'm not saying that because, you know, a lot of sex sells products. So a lot of these companies have been using sex for a long time to sell their products. But I'm talking about the deeper issue of sexual harassment in the workplace, which cannot be tolerated right. in any in industry and most especially ours. Yeah.
0: I mean, and also sorry not to cut you off, but it has been going on in the industry, like in the black market side. And also, I mean, I know there have been in trimmers and growers and all that there's a lot going on there that again hasn't been discussed very publicly you know there's there's minimal coverage right so we don't hear about it a lot and the thing is is that it's out there it's always going to be out there and we just need to change the way we approach and deal with it um and like right now one of the discussions that's going around is uh mark emery who i will i don't know much about because this is a canadian company um and i guess he's the owner of cannabis culture which i guess is a pretty big dispensary business in canada i think he owns several dispensaries mm-hmm. or some, i'm not again i don't really know all of the details i just know there's apparently several stories that have been coming forward about um issues that have happened over the years this is like oh, going back to 2008 it seems so i mean this has been going on for a long time and now it's just finally surfacing in the news and people are talking about it so um we just need to change the way we we deal with sexual harassment at work you know the the policies have to be different and it has to be a better culture where we can talk about our experiences where we don't have to feel like we have we need to have a recorder on us all the time you know um and then going back to the edibles Mm -hmm. because there's been a lot of stories lately which uh you know, Leah, you can go into some more, but there's been a lot going on in that field. And I can second what you're saying about people saying, oh, edibles aren't really an issue right now. That's not important. Let's not focus on the edibles. Let's focus on the fact that we want medical to pass, that we want people to get their medicine. Well, that is how a lot of people do consume right. their medication, first of all. Secondly, what you said, it all plays together. It all is connected, okay? The edibles are a part of all of this. So we need to we need to pay attention right. to this. It's not, oh, just go ahead and, you know eat some gummies here and there it's it's a lot more serious than that because there's people's jobs are at stake their child care their their
1: you know well-being as far as just parental rights parental rights are at stake i mean there is a story um this isn't one of the recent ones you know unfortunately i think it was um a week ago this monday mm-hmm. that kids in portland and kids in ohio both took edibles to school mm-hmm. and you know there was like anywhere from seven to 15 kids at at each place were sickened. And in Ohio, the mother was arrested. Mm -hmm. Um, And, in back in November, a 12-year-old was arrested for taking edibles to school. That's ridiculous! And when we have people getting arrested for something that is not 100% their fault, mm-hmm. that we've got a problem. This is a different type of problem. You know, before we had people being arrested for possession. You know, and and that was just or ridiculous. Even Everybody should crimes have access. Anyway, like, why are you doing not, exactly? And a 12-year-old I mean, to Come punish on. a child yeah. to punish a child when really, who is at fault here? Who really? is at fault it's the edible company if that edible would have been marked clearly an adult might have been able to intercept it um even that child if he unwittingly took it um if he if there's education about it anything with whatever that symbol is Mm -hmm. and i hope it's always the green cross but you know then you can say hey look that is medicine Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's so ridiculous that edibles are allowed to be on the market and there is no way to clearly identify them. I mean, we have people losing jobs. Mm -hmm. I've been reading stories more and more now about, oh, I accidentally ate an edible and I had random drug tests and I lost my job. Mm -hmm. They didn't believe me. They think I ate it on purpose. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to get more and more prevalent. So how do we stop that? We have to mark the edibles in a clear way because once it's outside of the package, it's anybody's game and you
0: might and complain about
1: right and i don't. sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but i was you
0: know i know you no. deal with this all the time when people say well it cuts into my profits if i had to take the time to do that yeah, or do this exactly. well guess what cuts more into your profits having to pay out millions of dollars when these families sue you right and also when you're not allowed to sell them anymore because they've been you know banned By the state because the state didn't go through the proper channels to figure out how can we prevent this in the first
1: place. How can we protect the consumers? And that's really what nobody is even talking about is how do you protect the consumers? And, and that's a real issue. And as consumers, we need to start saying, Hey, you need to mark these. And I'm telling you, because I have this as a business and it literally costs, like for someone who's doing high volume, less than a penny, I'm talking a fraction of a penny mm-hmm. to mark an edible mm-hmm. when you're doing high volume. And it, if that isn't worth it, then really what is? I mean, we've got to start demanding it. And if I'm telling you right now, if I had a child and my child accidentally ate some gummies, I would your, bet your life I would sue that. You do have a that child,
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, he's, he's, I know I do. I always trying to deny my child. He's going to, and so he's on his own at this point. Um, I don't I know.
2: I don't try to deny him, but he isn't a baby.
1: But I would I would totally sue. I mean, if my little boy like took it to school mm-hmm. and they tried to say it was my fault, I'd say, hell no, it isn't my mm-hmm. fault. I'll tell you whose fault it is. It's the edible company's fault, and it's the industry's fault for not trying to put things in place to protect the consumers mm-hmm. and we've got to do that absolutely and and that's my little soapbox. yeah no Boom. Oh. i mean why not just go that extra
0: step to make sure that you're legitimate you know this is a this is a legitimate right. industry this is what we're we're trying to do good things this is not anyway, we can go on all day about this, literally. Um,
1: <laughs> so but really, but but just like some takeaways, I mean, to, like, you know, we hate to, to bring up problems and then not have some type of takeaways. I mean, if you're being sexually harassed, talk to people, you know, seek help, because it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I, I've never been sexually harassed. And so it's, hard for me to say like at work, but I mean, the go to people that you mm-hmm. trust and get their opinions. Um, also if you're being screwed on wages, like I know MedMen is getting sued right now because of wages and things like that. If there's inequality in your workplace, go to the state nowadays. I mean, people have to, to follow state rules to have a business, go to the state labor department. The state labor departments are great because they'll investigate for you and they'll keep it anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, a really great um, outlet for people. If you're in the workplace and something is not right, is sexual harassment, you know, under being underpaid, not being paid for your um, all your hours, like overtime, I'm um, not getting breaks. All of those things that are in every other industry go to your state labor board because they will help you. Um, and then, obviously. For marking edibles, you know, start going to your legislators, go to your congressmen, and then go to the Mm -hmm. edible companies, write to them and say, hey, look, I love your edibles. But if you don't know where to go in your state department, you know, or if you
0: just don't know who to talk to, uh, there are a lot of cannabis uh, focused lawyers right now. That's uh, that's something that is I'm seeing a big trend uh, happening. So I think if you just Google cannabis lawyers in my area, you know, that's a good place to start. but there's also a lot of reasons why people can't come forward. So we understand that right. as well. I'm not, you know, I don't want anyone to feel.
1: Well, and, and staying anonymous. No, staying anonymous is sometimes. Survival. I mean, it's, it, that's how you yeah. have to keep your job. And it really is. and so That's why contacting your state labor board, they will keep everything anonymous, um, which is it's something mm-hmm. that's really helpful. And then also. I will say this about attorneys, all of the attorneys that I have met at industry shows and things, and I've even called like completely cold called attorneys Mm -hmm. to get advice. Everyone is so nice. They are always willing to talk. And if they can't talk to you right then, they'll say, hey, look, I'll call you back. And I've never had an attorney not call me back, which has been really nice. Um, So so don't feel intimidated by, oh, well, you know, they might charge me or, oh, I I don't want to bother them. Reach out to them. They want to hear from you. Uh, they want to know what's going mm-hmm. on, too. You know, they want to stay on top of things. So they're always willing to talk about the latest, greatest yeah, problems. Yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, there are a lot of other community areas,
0: I think, that you, you might find safe spaces. Um, I'm surprised all the time. The more I, I research these things, the the, the more... Neighborhood programs and local programs that are available in certain areas um, just to provide you an anonymous place to just speak your truth, whatever it is, because sometimes that's all you need to do, you know. Um, So, yeah, I mean, these aren't like the you know, end all be all (laughs) solutions, but these are places to start. And, um, you know, one of the things that we can do is just keep making noise about it and, and, and not let it just fall by the wayside or say that's old news, you know, or fake news. Just kidding. I don't say that.
1: (laughs) I don't say that. (laughs) Um, But anyway,
0: (laughs) uh, yeah. So especially in this day and age, we just have to keep making noise and being heard as much as we can um and if you can't try to find someone who can try to find someone with a platform if you do have anyone in your network um i mean twitter is a great place for that just making a tweet sometimes can make a huge
1: difference just saying you know bringing people down oh companies companies uh they respond Mm -hmm. to tweets i mean it is the best way to get a response is to tweet something out because they do not like that because they know how powerful social media is nowadays and so if you um you know like if you're not happy with your company like with the edible companies if you're not happy with something tweet about it because they will respond and um it's a it's a great way to get hurt.
0: Moving on to our topic, um, avoiding burnout when you start a new business, and it's that's that's a, an interesting word, right? Burnout.
2: <laughs> I didn't think about it when I put it in there. <laughs> no,
0: right, intended. Um, <laughs> but we do want to fight that stigma, right? So um, I kind of plays into this, yes. I think, a little bit. Um, I'm going to start with the first. Yeah way to to try to fight burnout. I mean, it's really difficult, especially as an entrepreneur, but finding your people and having support is just so vital. And I can't overstate that, um, especially when you work from home or wherever you're, mobile office is you know if you're if you're one of those types of entrepreneurs you could get a little nutty sometimes when you don't go out into the world and talk to people <laughs> and so it's really really important I, to have events that are circled around whatever it is that you're working on or whatever it is that you're passionate about which you know you're listening to this, I'm hoping it's cannabis or CBD. Um, and there's so many events happening right now. And I think
1: almost every state, people are trying to find out more and more about it. Yeah, that is right. Events are really important. I mean, and, we, and like we talk about that all the time. We love our girls at Toktivity. They have great events. And they're actually expanding all over the nation, which is great Be sure to look for that.
0: Elementa is another one there's a lot of, um, but yeah, but there's like, even in Maryland and DC there, there are no lack of events happening. There's just so much going on. So definitely Google even
1: online event. Yeah.
0: Um, you can do online events and that's, oh, that's another great a way to saving grace for me because I barely get out of my pajamas half the time. So, um, working from home, it's like, ah, people don't want to see me most of the time. Trust me. But, um, anyway, I think online webinars and, um, uh, like live videos, things like that, just ways that you can kind of connect with other people and, and learn from them. And there, there are people out there who are feeling the same way you are. You just have to find that. So the next thing is very, very important. And a lot of people don't make time for it. But uh, you want to talk about that a little bit, Leah?
1: Oh, yeah, self care. That is hard to take time. I mean, I, I now force myself to take Time for self care. I go to an acupuncturist and I go to physical therapy, and I it it makes a world of difference. My acupuncture treatments make a world of difference, Mm. and it's really something you have to invest in that. And you know, I am so broke. I mean, I live hand to mouth constantly, but that is something that I do make sure that I pay for because it's true. It's treat yourself. Um, you got to make time for that. Mm-hmm. You got to make time. If, you, if you're an exerciser, you know, if you go out and go running, that's a form of meditation. Get out there, do it. Because when we meditate, which is another form of self-care, but harder to do because, right, you get up and the last thing you want to do is just like, I know, exactly, right? <laughs> time for yourself. But if you go walk your dog or if you mm-hmm. are a runner or if you're a biker or, you know, just or if you're just walking on your own, it's a great time to shut off your mind and shut off all that chatter and just focus on your breath. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you really answers will start coming to you. Once you can stop all the blah, 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 then all of a sudden your mind is quiet and it's like, oh, crap, mm-hmm. that's what I should do oh, or, oh, wow, that would be a great way to market myself. There are things that will come to you in that space of quiet. But when your mind is constantly arguing with itself and trying to compete with itself to get answers to you, you're not going to hear them. So it's really important to make time. Some people can't control. I mean, I have that issue, but I will say that the next
0: uh, takeaway or tip is what helps me kind of stay focused. And that is to stock up on CBD. Um, CBD oil helps me a lot with focus i'm i'm really surprised actually because i am very high strung i have anxiety and um so i've always had issues focusing and uh you know there's a lot of things i've tried i've tried pretty much everything you know holistic so when i hear oh this can really help with focus i'm like yeah yeah yeah, sure 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 (laughs) but cbd oil especially when it's like really good CBD oil, I I can High really close, yeah, right, mm-hmm. and that just makes a world of difference for me. Yeah.
1: Oh, I think that everybody CBD is so readily available. Just do your research on the companies, um, because there are a lot of companies out there who aren't putting hardly any CBD, if any CBD, into their products. But do your research because CBD can help you. And if you're in a legal state, get one to one, one to ones. I mean, they are my saving grace. Mm-hmm. They help me sleep, they help me relax, they help me focus. 1 to 1s are really the way to go and that's equal parts THC to equal parts CBD. Yeah. And it really is a lifesaver. So so do stock up on that because we all need help. Yeah. I was just going to say a lot of people are selling um CBD flower now. That's that's
0: the thing I've been seeing a lot lately.
1: Oh my god! Yes, it's so amazing.
0: It's so amazing. I want to try. it. I mean, I have tried a CBD strain, but not. It wasn't just CBD. So
1: no, it's it's amazing. Like Michael, um, my partner brought some home and we smoked it, and it was like, oh my god, this is amazing. I love this. Yeah, I which bet, I don't yeah. want to smoke because I'm not a smoker. So that's you know, I'm kind of like eh, anti, but. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to have a, a, a testimonial here and I did like smoking it and I felt so good. Oh, so that's good. You I go. can't and, you can, and you can order, um, you can order the CBD flower online. Yeah. Like I know one of our past guests, uh, Lumi mm-hmm. CBD wellness shop. She's got, um, I think that, uh, who the else is another one that had this CBD flower. The Alchemy mm-hmm. has a CBD flower. So, so there's other, places that you can go online, just search CBD flower. Um, there's a guy out of Oregon who's doing a lot of CBD flower. I think he, his prices are a little bit high. I think Mealchemy and CBD wellness shop are much more Mm -hmm. uh, reasonably priced, but yeah, do your research and look at the reviews. Always look at the reviews. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next one is to take stock of your accomplishments.
0: Mm -hmm. When you feel like a failure, we talk about this a lot. Um, And it's not easy to do, especially when you're like, really? Come on. I mean, I suffer from imposter syndrome all the time. So it's difficult. It's easier for me to say this than do it, uh, obviously.
1: (laughs) But I mean, but you know what? You have to sit there and take stock. Like, look at you, for instance. You started this podcast and you've had the podcast, what, um, almost two years now? Mm hmm. And so, and I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. You're doing an amazing job. Plus you have a baby, plus you write articles. I mean, there's a lot you have going on. And you've got to stop and say, wow, I'm actually doing so much and and I'm doing it. I good I'm already like, yeah, boo, no. I know. Anyway, <laughs> learn how to take compliment. Learn how to take a compliment.
0: Yeah, see, I can't even give this as an advice because I'm not good at it. But it's something I'm trying to work on here. Um, and hello, you do a lot of the work too, so stop it. <laughs> uh,
2: no, That's not through it all.
1: Anyway, so and the that thing- kind of segues, yeah, into the yeah. next one. What remember what drives you? Your passion, mm-hmm. and that's really what helped you start this podcast. You wanted to talk to people and get it out there, yeah, and really help normalize things, which I think is amazing. Oh, you're amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> I was I was, just, I was actually just reading that how like investors when they invest in, in your company, they're investing in you. So Mm -hmm. if you're not really passionate and excited about what you're doing, you can't expect other people to be either. Um, You've got to have that drive. And, and I think that that's really kind of what helps us avoid burnout too, because when you can get excited about what you're doing, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm really tired, but I'm so excited. This is going to be happening. Or I'm Mm -hmm. so excited that I'm working on this now. I mean, that's a really great way to help kind of regenerate yourself. Always remember what's driving you. Yeah. I mean,
0: this is something I really truly believe can make a global
1: impact. And that's huge. You know? No, it is. It is huge. And and then your your enthusiasm is contagious too. And so it helps others. Like, you know, when I get burnt out and I'm like, oh my God, you're always like, no, no, this is good. You're doing something good. It's like a great product. <laughs> I'm like, it's fun yeah but you know what you've got that's why you have to have your tribe. that's why you have to have your girls and yeah and your support your people systems. find your people or your animals or <laughs> your animals that's true, and I added one more to our list because I think this is really important because it's something that's helped me, and that is practicing good time management mm-hmm. for, to avoid burnout. I mean, even waking up a half an hour earlier and just having your quiet time is really important to stop burnout. What I stopped doing recently was. I stopped looking at my phone immediately upon waking up mm-hmm. because I realized how stressful that was to start my day. And I've been reading articles. I have this favorite author named Benjamin Hardy, and we're going to have a link to his articles. And he's a father of five and he's doing all these amazing things. Um, but he talks a lot about you know the importance of that decompression and really not starting your day with your phone and with electronics, because Mm -hmm. it really does stress you out. You start looking at your emails and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to do this and this. And you, and then you've, you're taken out of that space. Like you just waking up and going, okay, I'm going to have some tea and I'm going to do some stretches. And I'm just going to take 30 minutes for myself makes a world of difference. When it comes to combating like that fatigue and that burnout, or even like at noon, if I don't get it in the morning, then at noon, I'll just like, okay, I'm decompressing. I'm unplugging. Nothing is going to fall apart in 30 minutes. You know, it's like everything can wait at least 30 minutes to an hour. You should just take that time. I mean, sometimes I just go fuck it, middle of the day, I'm going to watch Housewives for 30 minutes. I'm going to see what these crazy girls are doing and just get my mind off yeah, myself. that's on this list, right? Um, this time management hacks
0: that very successful people practice daily, um, which I found on entrepreneur.com. And one of One of the tips is to get lazy, and I totally am on board with this because it says that (laughs) some successful and productive people can be a little bit lazy because they they know how to use that to their advantage. Being a semi-procrastinator teaches people the quickest ways to do the hardest things in life. Um, Right. It's true. It is true. And and so you really know how to optimize the time that you have. But yes, being a procrastinator does not mean that you're lazy and um, that it can mean that you know how to optimize your time. And for me, that's, that's how I live my life. I thrive on tight deadlines um, and I do well under pressure and I do figure out the hardest, the the simplest ways to do the hardest things because that's how, that's how I, that's how I roll.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well.
1: And avoiding, avoiding things too, like avoid meetings, avoid time killers, um, time sucks, because always remember, and I can't remember where I read this, but it stayed, stuck with me. When you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So you have to make sure that when you say yes to a lunch, or when you say yes to a meeting, or when you say yes to doing something, that you're you are giving something up. You are definitely saying no to something. Like for me, I have so many emails. If I say yes and fill my day up, I have no time for my emails and then it just makes me more stressed the next day. So, doing what is really necessary, which is saying no and then scheduling blocks of time for myself. Like I will schedule time to do emails and that's the only way I can get it done and I basically don't look at anything else except for those emails that I need to, re- you know, file and respond to and organize because that's the only way I can do it. I have to schedule that time. And it's really helped. It's really helped me stay on track. Um, but definitely like even Warren Buffett and uh, Bill Gates in this article, I was interested to hear, you know, they scheduled downtime for themselves. And when I worked for a really big law firm, a lot of the the really busy partners that were, you know, nationally known attorneys, really busy Very important men. They always schedule time for themselves to, I'm going to schedule an hour and just, you know, prepare for this meeting and have quiet time. I'm going to schedule an hour to just catch up or take a nap. I mean, they schedule time to just like, don't bug me for an hour. I'm going to take a nap. You've got to follow that. What successful people do, there is a reason they do it. It works. And so follow those leads. Um, Make sure that you're doing that for your own self. Like I think as entrepreneurs, we're like, if I'm not busy 24 hours a day, then I'm a failure. No, actually. Right. And procrastination isn't a bad thing. And I found the
0: quote that I wanted to. (laughs) Um, David Cain, this is from David Cain. Procrastination is not laziness. It turns out that procrastination is not typically a function of laziness, apathy, or work ethic as it is often regarded to be. It's a neurotic self-defense behavior that develops to protect a person's sense of self-worth. So basically, he's saying that procrastinators tend to be people who have developed or perceive their ability to do their job um, or their performance as a, a, in their job as their value as a person. Like they, they, Those two things are intertwined very strongly. So they take failure or criticism very, very personally. Um,
1: so that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> it does make a lot of sense. But you know, I will say this about procrastination too. Sometimes this has happened to me with procrastination. You're not really quite sure about something. Mm-hmm. You're like, I want to do this, but I'm not sure. And you put it off and you put it off, and then come to find out, oh, actually it's a good thing I didn't commit mm-hmm. to that because it it went in an opposite direction of what you wanted to do or where, where you wanted to go. Now, the fine line there is you can't do that with everything, right? So you really have to trust your inner voice. If you're starting to feel like you're dragging your feet for no reason, really check in with yourself and say, okay, why am I feeling like this? What is it? Is it because of like you said, is it because I'm afraid of being criticized or I'm afraid of, you know, um, not being good enough? Or is it because I really don't feel this is the best thing for me? And that as women, we always like to say yes to everything. You really got to check in and say, maybe this isn't the right thing for me. And Really check into what your whys are, why you want to do, which you know you're dragging your feet on. Right, exactly. Um, So I think that's pretty much.
0: I think those are all of our takeaways. Um,
1: I think it is. That's a lot. This is a long show. But do you have
0: something you wanted to offer um, our listeners?
1: I do. I do. So I, and I'm going to start offering this and everyone. So if anyone is interested in marking your edibles and kind of, you know, following up on what we were saying earlier, I have some great kits um, for baking edibles at home. And you can definitely um, email me mm-hmm. for a free kit. I'm happy to give those out. It's info at baked smart.org. That's info at dot org. And I will send you a free kit that you can use to bake, um, to use when you're baking like cookies or brownies or, um, and I'll send you one for chocolates and gummies. Awesome. And it's an amazing kit want to get everybody yes. marketable.
0: Yes. And that's, that's an amazing offer. So I hope people take you up on that. Um, and until next time, thank you so much for listening and supporting us. And if there's anything we can do to support you, or if there's anything that you wanted to tell us about what's going on in the industry, I'm not saying that we have any kind of, you know, solution, but if you just want to talk to somebody, we're here. Um, you know, we, we, we'd like to hear, everything's going on and we want to hear feedback on how we're doing. So please do reach out.
1: Definitely. Please do reach out to us and be sure to give us a nice review. We, we always look for our reviews. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you. Until next time.
0: Bye. Bye. Our first guest is Tara Mulvihill. Tara is half of a mother-daughter owned and operated micro-tier craft cannabis farm. She has 12 years of experience in cannabis cultivation, and her vision is to create access, inclusivity, and support for all the individuals in the collective cannabis community. So Tara, what inspired the creation of Phillips Field Facility, and what is it?
2: So my mom established this LLC in 2005. uh, And it's under the Oregon stewardship of forestry. So what it does is it's a cottage industry. So it allows for the cultivation of products on site to sell. And at the time, she was into organic skincare, and she was making all kinds of different leather garments. And uh, it was this really neat operation that she had going. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's Kind of how Phillips Field Facility got its start. Uh, so it wasn't always a cannabis farm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, the way that it became a cannabis farm is that I was living with my partner at the time in Eugene, and he had an OMMP medical grow site in the home, and he had room for one more card. So I was like, okay, I, I qualify, let's do it. So he taught me the ins and outs of how to grow indoor cannabis, and I completely fell in love and just thought it was so, so awesome. I had never done anything like it before and just thought it was so cool. I loved that during the wintertime, I could go in and be under the the, the UV lamps, and it would feel so warm, and it was kind of an escape from the gloomy winter. It was just sort of like a perpetual summer with all of these beautiful plants growing inside. Um, So, uh, so for a while, for probably like a year more, we were doing the medical scene inside the home. And then we were thinking, gosh, what would it be like to grow outdoors? That sounds really cool. Um, but we needed a site and we were like, gosh, like, who, who can we find that would let us grow weed on their property? Like who, like who's, who's gonna, who's gonna help us with this. So I reached out and I, I asked my mom because she has 50 acres of wooden property, uh, just outside of Eugene. Um, So I asked her, I said, hey, like, you don't have to have any responsibility over the growth of these plants at all. But we would really like to try to grow outdoors. And would you mind just hosting our site? Uh, You can go and look at the plants if you want. You can hang out with them. No work is required of you. We would really just like permission to be able to grow outdoors on the site. And she was like, okay, yeah, sure. Sure all right cool and I was like awesome thanks mom yeah. Sweet." so um so uh we moved our medical site to her property and grew there for a couple of years and then after my partner and I split up my mom throughout that whole process fell in love with the plants just like me so after we had split our ways, my mom and I decided to continue doing the medical growth site together on her property. So that's when the cannabis farm became incorporated with the Phillips Field Facility LLC. Uh, So by the time recreational cannabis became a part of legislation she already had all of her ducks in a row uh in order to just make that fluid transition from medical to recreational with like the the llc and the water rights and all that's amazing so it was sorry i didn't mean to cut you off yeah that's
0: really fortuitous that that happened that way
2: Oh yeah, it was so easy. We couldn't believe how easy it was. We we're looking at all the specs, and we we're like, "Oh yeah, a uh-huh, hot check, check, yep. check." Like sign, send, release. Like wow. boom, boom. Like we were, we were certified uh, uh, so quickly. I mean, it yeah. was just, it was awesome. We felt really lucky.
0: That's amazing. That is really cool. Um, it's really great when things just come together like that. So, what does it mean to be a micro tier? OLCC farm. And did I pronounce that correctly? Did I say that the right way?
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, what tiers are basically is it tells you how much space you can take up for how many plants you want to to cultivate. So for our farm, uh, our version of micro tier, there's micro tier one and micro tier two. Uh, We are micro tier one. So it allows us 2,500 square feet of cultivation space. Um, So what that means to us as far as just space allotted to us is that, there's ample opportunity to create craft cannabis of really exceptional quality. And we can tend to every sort of individual plants needs. We can, we can name the plants if we want them to, you know, uh, there's, there's just this, uh, really awesome opportunity for individualized care with every single plant. And not that that's not a a possibility with larger farms, but just because we're such a small farm and there's only a couple of us that are working, uh, it allows us the opportunity with having a micro tier farm to be able to really generate this space of just like exceptional plant quality.
0: So do you have any advice for women looking to enter the cultivation space?
2: Yeah, so the cultivation of cannabis is really a labor of love, right? And so this feeling of love, it generates empathy and connection uh, with the plants and as well as in the, the industry also. And I think that with cannabis being such a... A booming industry, there's so many people who are trying to make it right now, and there's so many people who have awesome products and uh, like incredible branding, and there's just so much potential and opportunity. But in that, in the, all of that potential and opportunity, it also kind of creates this space for competition. And the competition part is something that I really would love to eliminate um, because it's a labor of love because of this empathic connection that we have with the plants. I want. I think that. Uh, and to incorporate that with our approach to the industry, so I would love to be able to see women supporting other women entirely. Whether that means you know retweeting them or liking right. an Instagram post, or you know things that are more passive in support, but then right. also things that are more o- o- overt support. So purchasing products from them when it's uh, when it serves you, investing in their business. Um, I think think that by supporting other women and eliminating the the competition, it can really kind of flip the script a bit. And then we can really all cultivate our businesses together the way that we're cultivating our brands, our plants. And so approaching it from from that that sort of sense, because it yeah 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 because it can be overwhelming the industry is crazy you know and it's been ran by it's been ran by men predominantly for a long time especially the the cultivation aspect right um so so it's a it's a tough one to get into there's definitely some sexism which is crazy i've experienced it which is you know uh, unfortunate but also like part of life but it's something that I've definitely experienced within the industry and so it's there it's alive it's happening but I would love for that to not divide us I would love for like us to be able to come together and really just create boundless opportunities for ourselves with support because I think that um within the workspace uh it's it's difficult to to make a name for yourself without feeling like you really do have to compete. But I think that we can really flip the script in that way and by supporting and flourishing from the inside yeah, out.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that really needs to stop too. I think that's a big deal. I think that's that we all should just, even if we don't like what the person is doing, if it bristles up a
2: little yeah. bit, we just say, you
0: know what, that's their thing. You do it, you know, you go on and yes. rock on and... <laughs>
2: Exactly. Exactly. Because it's like in the end, like their product is their product. It doesn't really have anything to and do it with And it only furthers our legitimacy like, yes, to have more it. and more
0: people, you know, working together and promoting wow. each other.
2: Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really, it reminds me a lot of cultivating plants specifically too, because you don't, you're not growing these plants to compete with other plants. Right. You're not like feeding one plant to be like, oh, you're going to be the biggest, most beautiful plant. And this <laughs> other plant is like, oh, whatever. It's like, you're going to, every plant might have different nutritional needs. Every plant might have different soil needs or sun needs or pruning needs, but you're going to look at each plant individually and say, okay what can I do to serve you? How can I help make you grow? And then I'm going to give you this fertilizer. I'm going to do this. I'm going to provide you whatever you need so that you can flourish. Yeah, And so you can live your life to your greatest potential. And wouldn't that be so cool if that's how we applied our communication and our support within the cannabis industry. So then at the end, we just have this big, beautiful garden. I love
0: that. I love that analogy. That is amazing. Um, that is perfect. I, I've never heard anybody put it more perfectly. Honestly, that is just great. You should treat this like the oh, plant. Yeah, you know? you. I mean, I don't know, because I don't
2: <laughs> grow anything. and I can't. But
0: <laughs> if I could, I like that idea, you know, so um, maybe someday I will. Maybe someday I'll be able to get into it, but anyway, I really re- appreciate that response. Um, so let's talk about <laughs> you're a mother daughter team, right? Uh, yes. So I'm sure that presents some challenges and also some amazing benefits. What, what are what's your favorite part of it, and what's the most challenging?
2: Well, I think the, the best part about it is when I'm on site at the farm, so I live in Portland um, and she lives in Eugene at the farm site. So during the growing and cultivating and curing season, I'm commuting back and forth from Portland to Eugene. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's definitely a challenge because on during those times, I'm only there half time. Right, so that poses a challenge because I need to be able to uh, leave Portland at a certain time, make sure that I can go down there and get all of the duties done. Because we just do one round per year, we did light we did light depot one year, and that was just a little too intense. So we just decided to do one run. So from May to October is when I'm mostly commuting down, um, spending half time Portland, half time in Eugene. So that can pose a challenge because sometimes my mom feels like a lot of the the labor is on her when I'm not there, which is totally fair because that's exactly what's happening. So, um, so that can be, that can be overwhelming. That can cause some stress, but luckily we're able to communicate about that and we can, uh, we can plot the times that I'm going to be down there in ways that are going to serve both us and the plant needs. So it's a, it's a work in progress, but that's definitely, that is definitely a significant challenge is living in two different places and her being on site because she's just, she's there. And so, uh, because she's there, she feels this sort of innate duty to be there for the plants right. all the time. I understand
0: that. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Um, and then the the best part about working together is just like waking up and smoking a J <laughs> and making some coffee and just getting to decide what we're going to do that That's day awesome. And talking about, talking about what plants need what and kind of creating our own hours and taking breaks as we need. And then, you know, we'll both be like, pruning on different sides of the garden and I'll be like mom what's for lunch and she'll be like I don't know go to the garden and pick something out and so I'm like okay so uh, so that's fun too is getting to like take breaks when we need and then going and getting to harvest all of these wonderful yummy fruits and vegetables from the garden the, the, the other garden the vegetable garden yeah <laughs> yeah that little- sounds like a really
0: nice situation and that you have a really cool mom so that's awesome
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah she's she's great. She's wonderful. That's she's amazing. I
0: love to hear that. Um, how did you decide to cultivate high CBD strains, and what are some of your favorites?
2: Well, when we were first starting out as medical, most of our patients were requesting high THC strains. So that's what we were growing at the time. And those strains outdoors presented some issues for us. Um, They were tall and spindly. They didn't really have a lot of structural integrity. They were prone to powdery mildew and mold. And they were just kind of like, they weren't the easiest or most fun to grow in, in this climate in the southern willamette valley so prime uh harvest time is depending on the strain late 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 september early october sometimes late october which can be real sketchy yeah (laughs) you know for 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 this climate in this region so we were wondering, we're like, oh, what kinds of strains either have a shorter flowering time or what can be harvested early? And do we really need to be, especially once we switched into rec and we weren't growing specifically for pe- for certain people anymore, like we weren't just granting requests. Right. We were like, oh, well what, what else can we do? How can, how can we, how can we have plants that are going to flourish in this environment that might be something that other people want, not just these specific people that we've, that we've known. Um, So we're like, hey, let's, let's try, let's just go for it. Let's try a really high CBD strain. Let's bring on the ACDC. Let's see what happens. And it just took off Oh my God. It was like, it was one of the most beautiful plants that I've seen growing. And the way that it grows too, like uh, it's so different from all of our other THC plants. So uh, most of the THC plants, uh, higher THC content strains that we would grow, we would have to individually like structure them. They would all have their own sort of gate around them so they could grow individually Mm -hmm. But with the ACDC, we noticed that they garnered the most strength and structural integrity when they grew collectively. So all of their branches sort of provided support for themselves. Wow. And... Yeah. And we were like, Oh, damn, like, that's a lot of work that we don't have to do. <laughs> um, so, so so, that was cool. Um, but also, it was just it was just so beautiful to, to watch them grow and flower and harvest. And then um, when we got the ACDC tested for the first time, it was really, really like high CBD content. And we were just so pleased with how that turned out that we felt like we felt like we really resonated with that. And we sort of felt this calling to switch our gears up a little bit. So, uh, we were like, Oh, well, what other, what other CBD strains are out there? What can we do? And, and also, uh, with the uh, with with the trichomes with uh, with uh, cannabis plants, sometimes sometimes the longer that it's exposed to sun, the higher THC it can start to cultivate within itself. So that being said, with being grown in this part of the Willamette Valley, an earlier harvest can sometimes be more conducive to a higher quality product. Yeah. So we're like, well, let's just let's just do that. Let's switch it up a little bit. So now um, some of the strains that we're growing are uh, the ACDC. We love the we love Blue Shark mm-hmm. and uh, Pennywise. Oh, nice. And that's yeah yeah and they all just turned out so beautifully and um so for this next year, one of our goals, one of our areas of, of focus is to just try more and see what happens. We're going to try a bunch of different new strains. We haven't really quite decided which ones yet. Right. We're going to do a little bit more research and maybe, you know, mm-hmm. see, see what ladies are out there. Yeah. Some starts. Awesome. And um, yeah. So that, that's going to be a really fun new project this spring. That's,
0: that's very cool. Um. So you sound so passionate about what you do already. And I'm just like, let me do it with you, you know?
2: <laughs> oh yeah! Come o- come over! Come come to our garden. We'd love oh that. Oh my god, I'd
0: love that. Um, what is your favorite part of your work, though? Like, what is your very favorite part? <laughs>
2: Sounds like Maya there's so much to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there is. But I, I, I love this question because I think that the answer right now is just is so relevant to even this interview. Um, and what it is is seeing the the industry cultivating from within itself and getting to come out as a producer. Um, Because for so long, it was like this really hush hush underground thing, like even with medical people didn't want to talk about it, even though it was, you know, hashtag legal, it Mm -hmm. still like wasn't. Um, so being able to really come out and share my story and talk to other people about their stories and listen and, and seeing all these, like all these old hippies being like, oh my God, I can like talk about this. (laughs) This is crazy. And, uh, and, you know, posting online about it. I mean, right right now that's my favorite part of this job is just having it be so integrated into the regular parts of my life I don't feel like it's something that I have to hide from everybody now yeah um it's something that I can share with literally every single person that I meet and how
0: ridiculous is that that we had to hide the fact that you're producing something that helps people I mean that's so ridiculous I know
2: it's Uh, so ass backwards but
0: I mean that's like a daily (laughs) daily (laughs) declaration over here um anyway with everyone I'm sure Uh, it's that's amazing and I and I love that you're able to share and I'm so glad that you came on and shared your wealth of knowledge with us today um do you have anything specific to promote or call to action
2: Um, gosh, well, I think the call to action would just be kind of what we talked about earlier about supporting everybody kind of no matter what they're doing. Uh, I think that that is so important to me right now. Like I would love I would love 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 like as a woman myself and for other other women and other women identifying people and for just like every single person who isn't like I'm a cis male um, right <laughs> for for every person who's you know not a cis male to be able to be like yes like this is so good I don't feel this sense of like competition anymore mm-hmm. I feel just so supported by my environment and that's generating me to feel like i I want to be encouraging and fall in love with what everybody else is doing and just create this whole network and web of support and love and encouragement. Um, So, so that's kind of my call to, to, to action um, is, uh, is, is that sentiment?
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. We need to do that more. I mean, that's what we talk about all the time on this podcast, but it's very true. I mean, it's, like, you know, we can't keep saying, oh, not all guys are bad. Cause like, that's not the point of the
2: conversation. <laughs> not, not all right. cis men are bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Exactly. Exactly. That's not, yeah, totally. I mean, that's not, that's not the point and we can absolutely accomplish this in a way that's not exclusionary to men.
0: Right. Absolutely. Thank you very much for saying that. Uh, <laughs> I loved having you on today, Tara. Please come back anytime that you oh, want to. Oh yeah, Seriously. I would love to. And where can people check you guys out on social media?
2: Um, we are uh, Phillips field facility on Instagram and then, uh, www.phillipsfieldfacility.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And hopefully you come back again. Our next guest is Scarlet Raven. Scarlet Raven is the founder of White Fox Medicinals. With a focus on preventative medicine and overall health and vitality, every formula has been specifically created to allow for daily use, creating an abundance of cannabinoids to build in the system for preventative medicine. White Fox is a woman-owned artisanal cannabis brand that has been committed to mine expansion since 2007.
1: So I'm here today with Scarlett Raven. I'm so excited. Um, She has a book out that we're going to get into and talk about, but she's also the founder of, I'm just going to call it White Fox for now because you can kind of explain more Scarlett. White Fox has many arms, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what exactly is White Fox and tell us about all those arms.
3: I would say White Fox is a cannabis brand, but it's also a movement for women. And um, in terms of what's physically tangible we have 3 lines under white fox we have white fox medicinals which was how we got started and that's our cannabis topical and tincture line and then there is white fox atmospheres which just launched this past November 2018 and that's an ayurvedic herbal blended vape line with cannabis oh, and nice. then i have um white fox nectars which is our hemp-derived cbd only line Um, nationally distributed and available for purchase online. So those are the three facets to White Fox.
1: Nice. And so what started this creation of White Fox? How did you decide to do this?
3: Yeah. So White Fox Holistic was my holistic company that I had where um, I, I am a medicine woman and I used to offer physical modalities like massage, shiatsu, acupressure. Um, I did intuitive healings and readings over the phone. And so I had that as my holistic health company. And then to subsidize my income, I was cultivating cannabis as well. So when the laws started to shift, I saw an opportunity to create and brand what I was already doing for my clients. So when I had people coming over for a massage, I would make them cannabis tinctures mixed with other herbs specific to whatever they were transitioning or wanting to shift Oh,
2: that's and amazing.
3: having phenomenal results. So had, you know, seven years of experience doing this. And then when it came time to really brand and go to market and the legalities were present to do so, um, I jumped on that opportunity, transitioned it to white Fox medicinals and started promoting that brand. Um, we've done, Everything that we can do to keep up with the moving target of laws that California has set before us, yeah and um, it took us two and a half years to fully emerge into the legal industry with all our licenses. We're a bootstrapped company, and um, it it's very expensive to participate in the legal market, and my intention for even wanting to do that was so that the medicine would be accessible nationwide one day. I want everyone right. to be able to partake in this level of curated medicine.
1: That's amazing. So how do you curate your products?
3: Each line is totally different. Um, I For the Atmosphere line, which is my Ayurvedic vape line, I work with a doctor in India, an Ayurvedic doctor who has an incredible model where he goes into desolate parts of India He gives them a local herb that they can grow and then he buys it back once it's ready for harvest. So he's creating jobs. And then what he does is takes these herbs and he has 2000 year old formulations, ancient Ayurvedic healing formulations, and he makes these CO2 organic extracted blends, ships them over to me by the leader. And then I dilute them, add cannabis and put them in a vape pen.
1: That's amazing, gosh, and that's I really love that it comes from such a natural source too. It's coming one from something that's really ancient, but it's coming from India, and that's really amazing,
3: yeah, they're so effective it's it blew my mind. I have a vape pen for dreams, so you smoke it before bed and it helps you fall asleep, but then while you're sleeping, it gives you dreams and helps you remember them and Our first round of formulations, I had the herbs at a certain level, which turned out to be much too high. <laughs> but me and my partner at the time, we, we partook and probably each took seven, 10 pulls off the vape pen, laid our heads down on the pillow. And we both had like 25 dreams that night. And it was one after the other, after the other. And you, and you remembered like, them all. We remembered all of them. I mean, I got up to pee in the wow. middle of the night and I was like, this is insane. This is just totally crazy how effective this is. Because the vape, what it does is goes directly into your bloodstream. Right. So when you're on an herbal regimen and you want the effects to occur, the truth is is herbs will occur in an effective way after a couple of days. It's not mm-hmm. like you're taking a, you know, a chemically derived pill. But mm-hmm. when you're vaping it, you get that instant shift from the herbs.
1: Wow, I didn't know that. That is amazing. So on that vape band, because I know people are going to be like, what (laughs) Um, is that the CBD line or is that the THC line?
2: There's
3: THC in it. Um, so 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 you can't sell
1: that so that you can only get in California then.
3: California dispensaries are distributing it right now. We just Mm -hmm. hit the market in January. So we're still kind of climbing on our, um, the the number of dispensaries that carry us. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's two other formulations that are available too. There's one for it's a sexual aphrodisiac specifically formulated for women.
1: And then there's mm-hmm. one for men. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So um, can you talk a little bit about the books that you've written? I just ordered um, your latest one. Well, I think you read it, wrote it a couple of years ago, but that has just been such a beautifully, first of all, it's so well-written. Um, and what you're saying is really grounded. It's, it's I guess you would, Consider it more on the spiritual. It's called Follow the Medicine. And so maybe you can talk a little bit about that and what people can hope to get out of that book.
3: Follow the Medicine um, Awakening Self Empowerment is the subtitle. I wrote that book. It's kind of the precursor to what made White Fox a movement for women rather than just a cannabis brand. Uh, In the cannabis market, it's been primarily male dominated. And (laughs) being a female in the industry, and then seeing other females in the industry, we really found our strength in sticking together. Yeah. And throughout that process, I studied self-empowerment. Um, I studied how to really come into my own. And I actively do that every day for my own self-development. And then what I found was also through my clients, um, the phys- I, I could really make shifts with people physically. I could help them with things that were ailing them for months, like low back pain or constant migraines, but those specific things would circle back if my client didn't work on their mind and their mental state. And so what mm-hmm. I discovered was it's really the mind that's the seed of everything. And if the mind isn't focused upon and trained properly, then it doesn't matter what you do to the physical, it'll keep reoccurring. So um, I kind of shifted from the physical and then went deeper into the mind. And then that's more what that book is representing for my, my clients was do everything you can for self-care, but the largest part of self-care is training your mind and training your mind to focus on the positive and training your mind to see that everything in this life is here for your enhancement and your learning. And if you receive it as such, your existence will be completely exuberant and filled with joy. If you take on the role as the victim, then things are happening to you and it's out of your control, then that'll be your perceived reality. And that's lit- everything is literally just that. It's a perceived reality. So you can change right. your perception at any time to then change your reality. And that's how powerful we are. And that's the message that I want to get across in this book is that no one owns you. No one controls you. You are literally responsible for every circumstance in your life. And then that's to be seen as like power status. Right, right. Because
1: it's hard. I think with women, especially, we give up our power by that belief that, well, I can't change this or this just mm-hmm. is what it is. But really, when you change that mindset, it, I mean, it's almost unexplainable. Things just mm-hmm. start shifting. And I and I really loved it. Uh, really focus on that in the book. And I, when I was reading it, I mean, I just started and I was like, wow, 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 like every paragraph. And so I really encourage people to go out and get this book and they can um, buy it on your, can they buy it on your website, Um, scarletraven.com? Yeah, Yeah, you have a link. Yeah, so So you can get the book, um, Follow the Medicine, Awakening Self-Empowerment at Scarlet Raven and it's S C A R L E T ravin.com, and then you also have a couple little um, kind of like maybe ebooks here. One mm-hmm. is veil lifting technologies, uh, and then the other is uh, your little secret that is stories from your past that you share to help others. And I love that. And that one is free. That's a free mm-hmm. downloadable ebook. So, yeah. so yeah. So go check that out. Um, really excited and and thank you so much for writing that because it's nice as a woman when you find these books that aren't like talking down to you like oh you need to be doing this and oh you got to try this and all these impossible things you just start getting overwhelmed when you read these books Mm -hmm. you're more like from the beginning you feel like oh god i can do this i feel supported yeah that's right i i just need to shift my thinking and you give ways to do that which are really powerful so thank you for that so what i mean you make some amazing products um why don't you tell me a little bit about the cbd line because we know that our listeners can access that right away
3: yeah that line is phenomenal actually um i source the hemp it's it's crude low heat co2 extracted biodynamic hemp from a really small cultivation of a hemp farm in colorado and the location is undisclosed intentionally it's a really small run farm by a husband and wife and um to keep their privacy because what's happening now is, is that to find really good organic super high vibe hemp that's, that's processed in a low heat manner where you keep a lot of the cannabinoids and terpenes intact Mm -hmm. is extremely difficult to find because the CBD market just kind of blew up. So a lot of people are, are hounding for that. And um, this farm chose me and one other CBD line to distribute to. And then we have contracts where we just work with each other and then we keep everything private so that their life stays um, balanced and not garaged. Um, So the hemp inside of the, the medicine is biodynamically grown. And then what I do is I mix everything with other herbs and my formulations are definitely channeled. I've had moments where I'll be formulating from thought and then just get hits of you need to add skull cap or this this medicine needs kava kava. And it'll be the one herb that I put in at the very end that just completely makes it a well-rounded medicine. So the nectar line has a daytime tincture, which is um, awareness and vitality. And it has adaptogenic herbs in it cordyceps, reishi, it's going to activate your mental, your mental activity and mm-hmm. make you feel sharper focused along with, um, boosting your immunity and your body's ability to heal itself. So like oh, wow. everyone it starts taking my medicine, I tell them like my, my goal is that you take this solid for six months to a year, whatever your journey is with it mm-hmm. could be a little longer, it could be shorter, but then you get to homeostasis and you don't need it. Like, this is not something that I want people taking all the time. This is, let's get you back into balance so that you're full throttle, not needing anything externally. And then you yourself have become the medicine. Right. The pathway is to really get everyone into balance. So um, that one is like very activating. I sell it in 30 milliliter bottles, but then I also sell it by shooters, which is a tiny little $6 daily dose. And so people that want to try it, you can buy a daily dose of that tincture or my sleepy time tincture, um, and then you know you're not super out of pocket, but you do feel the effects in you know 15 to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the feedback I've gotten from people is that they've tried so many different CBD things on the market, and they never feel anything, or they never like really experience what it's doing. The physical experience is extremely felt with these formulations, and it's due to the compilations of herbs and how they dance with each other. So the, um, the tranquility, sleepy time, when, when you take it, it has like a wash of euphoria over you, and it opens your heart, and then it starts unwinding your nervous system, so you feel really relaxed. So
1: it's a really amazing tincture. That sounds amazing. And I think that we don't realize how much we hold in our heart until Mm -hmm. we start to feel that relaxation in it. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, I'm holding so much because you know, we feel so much with our hearts. We feel so much as, especially as women, you know, it's, it's, it's our emotional state is always like right there at our heart. And so that's really Mm -hmm. nice. Oh, I'm can't wait to, uh, to try this. This sounds amazing. And I want to say that the, um, I don't know who does all of your um, packaging, but the packaging is beautiful. You have these gorgeous um, drawings of animals, like the Tranquility Tincture has a whale's tail and the Awareness Mm -hmm. and Vitality has a hawk on it. And even your little shooters are really cool looking. They're glass and then they've got the black hawk and then the black uh, whale's tail on them. Who does Mm -hmm. your um, branding, if you don't mind sharing that?
3: Laurel Gregory, who is a local Santa Rosa artist, and she's also a graphic designer. Um, she hand drew all of those animals. Oh, that's amazing. And so I have like all the prints drawn. The prints are also for sale online, but her artwork is just phenomenal. And we vibe out super good. And I sent her like when we first started getting going on this, I'd send her the images, but then I would do a like a paragraph writing of the vibe. Mm-hmm. And she would just completely tune in right away and create exactly what was my vision in my head. So we have a, an incredible symbiosis between each other and I contract her. She does everything, all my marketing collateral on my websites and everything.
1: Yeah, it's it's very cohesive, your um, branding. And it, it's really beautiful. I mean, you just look at the jars online. You're like, oh my gosh, I just, you feel so much from it. So bravo on that. That's It's hard to do really good branding and get your personal voice and feeling out on your bottle. And I think you really captured it here.
3: Just gorgeous.
1: So, so what, what are some of your favorite products for your personal use?
3: Um, I would say the tranquility tincture is definitely something that I take pretty often. Um, unwinding the nervous system is something I'm actively working on right now. Mm -hmm. And then, um, The salve that I make is a total cure-all. So if you have like knee pain, back pain, migraines, fanner, what's it called? Planner fascia. Oh, yeah, which
1: is very, (laughs) very painful on your feet. Yeah.
3: Yeah. There's so many things that people have bought that jar of salve for and then just sent me an email or a text afterwards, and they're like, holy shit, is this seriously working this quickly? Like, <laughs> am I seriously pain-free 20 minutes later? How is this possible? Is there, is there seriously no cannabis in this? And it's like, no, it is really just hemp-derived CBD. But when you mix other herbs with this stuff, You're getting magic.
1: It sounds like it. I mean, I'm just sitting here going, oh my gosh, I, okay, I'm going to buy this, 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 and this (laughs) as I'm listening to you and looking at your products. I mean, this is amazing. And I think also we just have to give a lot of um, credit to your process and to the herbs and to your knowledge of everything. I mean, you're an alchemist and I've always been fascinated by that. And obviously what you're doing um, really makes a difference.
3: Yeah, I would say thanks for touching on that. A big part of the company is um, we are all super positive minded and we're very aware of our emotional state whenever we're handling the medicine and no one is allowed to be in White Fox at work or be cultivating or touching any of the medicine if they're not in a positive mental state. And we offer support and workshops to the staff to keep them in that place so they have the resources to do so. But I take it really seriously that whatever I'm putting out is going into the medicine and then people are receiving that.
1: Well, yeah. It sounds like it it works. It's amazing. I just cannot wait to try these. So, what would you say is your favorite part of your job? My
3: favorite part of my job is honestly the vision I have that is unfolding right now, which is creating a brand new way of Running a large business, mm-hmm. and what slowly evolved is that the girls that work for me, ninety percent of them have graduated from the California School of Herbal Studies, and they all have their own special gift, and they all have their own brand that they really want to get out there. so we have it's almost like an incubator mentorship model where Everyone that works for me, I mentor them when they have stuff going on, like a certain process of development with their brand. I can walk them through it. I can give them my resources. And then at the end of the day, when the company gets larger and they're ready to hit market, we can invest in their brand, get them to market, release them to not work for White Fox and have them bring more medicine to the planet. And then we can bring in new girls that want to do the same thing. So then we're really, we're, I mean, I want to free the people. I think that there's been this old school fear-based mm-hmm. lack mentality where there's ownership in these corporations and they cap salaries and they squash dreams and they don't listen to people's inner heart. And it, it's not a flourishing, abundant mentality and it's nothing that I live or abide by. So every girl that works for me, I encourage them, like, I don't want you working for me in two years. I want you out on your own, running your own empire. I want to see all your medicine come into this world in the, in the most amazing way. And I want to support that. And I don't believe that competition is available because I believe in unlimited abundance. And so the company is set up to reflect that belief. And it's new, you know, and a lot right. of people are like, well, how could you be giving all your resources to your competition? Because there isn't any competition. Right.
1: Exactly. We're
3: literally living in an unlimited universe.
1: We really are. And if you
3: have yeah. So it's just the mind state that literally, if one can cultivate that mind state, one will see and experience that on a daily basis and understand exactly what I'm talking about.
1: Well, I mean, you obviously, you know, walk the walk and talk the talk. I mean, everything you're saying just reflects back to what you write, to what you put out. And and you're right. It's companies don't empower people, even if they, they don't cap their salaries, even if they give them lots of promotions and lots of raises you're still not empowering people to find their own strength and then to get mm-hmm. out there and go and it really as you're talking it's almost like an infinity symbol it's just you give and then you they take and then they come back and they give and they're giving back to the planet and they're giving back to others and it's mm-hmm. it's just a constant circle of just you know giving mm-hmm. and and that's how mm-hmm. it should be that's amazing, Scarlett. Oh my gosh, it's just so great to talk to you. I mean, I just feel I feel healed just even talking to you. Everything <laughs> you're saying is like, oh wow, it's just you have this beautiful um, vibration. I know that our listeners are going to also tap into this. Um, so we're coming to the end of this, and honestly, my body's like, no, no, I can feel myself starting to get like, oh, but I want more of this. What um, can you share? Anything specific you want to promote or a call to action for our listeners?
3: I would love everyone to get to the level of happiness that I'm at. And I mean that in the sweetest way, but like my biggest challenge every day is just learning how to control the massive amount of excitement and happiness I have and not exploding from it. And I've gotten to this state by practicing and becoming self-aware. And and so people that are not in that state I encourage them to reach out to me. I encourage them to get on the medicine. I encourage them to listen to the stuff that we're putting out there, read the books, be, be, maybe it's time to be a part of the company, you know, whatever that looks like we are expanding. And then, and then step into that power and step into that joy and step into that happiness yourself and know it's possible. And if it's not in your state right now, reach out and get it and know that like we're here as a resource and if I don't have the bandwidth or time, I will find someone that does to get you there. And we're all in this together. I see this as a union of all peoples.
1: Oh, definitely. I think that's that's just so generous of you to offer that because I know that we have a lot of listeners um, that may be in situations or areas where they don't have that support. And it can be really overwhelming Um even mm-hmm. for me in Portland, and I have lots of support, when you're an entrepreneur, as you know, you can get really depleted. And so it's nice mm-hmm. to have things like this um, that regenerate you. And that's why I'm so excited as we're talking about your products to be able to order this awareness and vitality tincture Um from your site because I can feel already it's like oh wow this is exactly what I need this is I'm feeling so depleted mm-hmm. right now you know the end of the year the beginning of the new year all these things as you know just become overwhelming and as we're talking I mean one your your words are so healing but two I'm looking at your products and I'm like okay this my body's like yes you're gonna order that right <laughs> away this is exactly what you need so thank you so much and so for our listeners, These CBD products you can get at whitefoxnectars.com and it's W-H-I-T-E-F-O-X-N-E-C-T-A-R-S.com. And I encourage Mm -hmm. you to go there, um, get at least one of these. And I think it's great. You're selling these little $6 bottles. I mean, this is a fantastic way to start. Just $6, get the awareness vitality or the tranquility. Um, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be like going, okay, I've got the salve. I'm going to get the awareness, the tranquility. This is amazing. (laughs) Scarlett. Thank you so much. I know that I appreciated our time together and I know our listeners, um, have as well. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us.
3: Yeah, girl.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So goodbye everyone. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast. If you would like to be featured in a future episode or would like to inquire about possible sponsorship, email Your Highness Podcast at gmail.com. That's Your Highness Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Highness Podcast. That's at Highness Podcast. Thanks again.